Today's guest is Hans Komein, who I've been very excited to speak with. He's actually mentioned by Steve Maeda, who was just on the podcast. And uh, I was like, all right, I need to speak to him now because I've been hearing his name for a long time. Uh, We have mutual friends. He used to work with Zanperion, who's awesome. I was not expecting us to go into the spiritual topics we ended up going into. Like He speaks mainly about seduction and the art of seduction in not a cheesy way, which I appreciate. made me think a lot about, we didn't use this term in the interview at all, but the feminine, the oxytocin, maybe irrationally driven part of the mind where beauty and art and love and seduction and passion come from. So I enjoy this very much. I hope you do as well. This is episode 051, Desire and Honor, featuring Hans Komen. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. All right, Hans, I'm happy to speak to you. I think we've been connected uh, for a while. I think Jordan Collier might have connected us many years ago, but mm. Steve Maeda brought you up. I was like, all right, well, I need to speak to him now. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to connect with you finally. Great, great. I'm happy you uh, you do this. It's a changing time for me. So it's great for me to talk and talk and bounce off ideas of people. And uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity, everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Um, so I, I just caught part of your, uh, well, I caught the 15 minute part of um, your talk with Steve that he posted mm-hmm. not too long ago. I had a great conversation with Steve recently. And um, the thing that piqued my interest the most, and I'd love to start with this, is that you're comparing art and seduction. And obviously you're not the first person to bring up the art of seduction. A lot of people throw those words around, but I really love what you were saying about the creation of beauty. Could you speak mm-hmm. a little bit on that? Yeah, to me, um, well, in summary, to me, in a way, seduction is is the highest form of art. The way I see it, it's, it really fits into a kind of a, you can look at it as a performance art. You know? and, the, and the canvas or the, the stage where you perform is the interaction with other, with other people. And, uh, and I see it as a creation of beauty. A lot of people think of seduction as, the, as a tool to get what they covertly want from the other, what they desire, you know, like a, yeah, a tool to get what they want. And to me, it's a, it's a, it's a form of art worthy of exploration uh, in and of itself because it is also the creation of beauty. It's not taken from the other. It's not, it's not even sharing. It is sharing also, but it is, it is very much giving. It's a, and it's a creation of beauty in the sense that it, uh, that it not only allows the other to be seen, felt, and heard, but also allows the other to dream that there is something out there, something bigger, something more important that we can be caught up in. And, uh, and so that to me is, is in a way the creation of beauty. Like it hints upon something different, another world, and, uh, and it guides you into it. And so in that sense, to me, it's, a, it's an art form. And maybe the, for me, the highest one, even though that's charged a little bit, you know, I, I, I get very uh, moved by paintings and music. Um, but yeah, when, it, when, it, when a seduction goes well and it's a, a win-win for everyone and, and you're involved in this or you're, 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 you're taken away by this, it's, a, it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting redirect. So I was thinking before, before we hopped on the phone that like of how I used to view seduction when I first started exploring this. It was like, it was exactly what you were saying. It's like, I'm trying to get something. There's this desire. Seduction is just my tool for how to get validation or sex or whatever it is I'm looking for. And it's interesting to view that as almost like a byproduct mm-hmm. of the real goal, which is the creation of beauty. It's almost like uh, it's, it, it completely takes away the selfish or uh, separating idea of like, oh, I'm doing this for the world almost. I'm, I'm creating yes. beauty in a person. I'm making her life more interesting. I'm making her a better version of herself in a sense maybe you're evoking parts of her that she wants to experience and then it's like almost like a completely altruistic act it's for my own selfish reasons because i love it but it is completely altruistic in the sense that uh, you're giving and you are changing the world i this is how i see it i am changing the world one seduction at a time and that's not just with the my romantic interest, you know, it's the way I talk with you, it's the way I talk with my friends, it's the way I walk through the world, it's the way I say hello to my neighbor, it's the way I, I dress, is to, to, to ooze and to give and to radiate that sense of, of grace and, and, and beauty. Hmm. This might be hard to put into words, but 
if I'm imagining someone listening, being like, okay, I, I, that sounds great, but like how, right? That's like the question from the rational mind. Is right. there like a thing that you know you're doing or maybe things you know you're doing? Because I, I, I think we all could feel what you're saying, but like, right. what does it look like? Well, to me, I think, like I, I, I described three stages of a seducer also, because I think the only thing that could get you to this place is experience. There's no way that you're going to, uh, uh, think your way out of trying to get what you want from the other, you know, and, uh, and, uh, like you could, you could, you could listen to this interview. <laughs> you can see it as an intention. Also, you could say, you could start thinking, Oh, what if I, what if I start giving instead of trying to take, you know, and you stay attuned to that and you put the attention into the world and then the experience with time will teach you how that looks, how that is specifically. There's no how to as soon as you are in front of a, of a woman, you know, because you're your own and you're exactly where you need to be. And you are, you're, uh, you have your own intentions, you have your own desires. And so the only thing that will, that will get you there in my mind is to be very, uh, to have the intention or to at least know that there's a, that there's something out there, that there's a different way of relating out there. And that is something that you would really desire. If it's something that you desire and you put the intention out there it with time and energy and with experience, you get more and more to it. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, that I'm there all the time, uh, Ruan, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm an animal too. And I'm a, and I'm a, and I'm, and I have an ego too. And I'm, and I'm fearful as well. So I, I, I also sometimes use seduction as a tool to get what I covertly desire, you know, but it's that, it's that to me, it's been a mantra. It's been an ideal. It's been a, a goal. And I, and it's what I hold dear. It's, it's also what I describe in my book, the way of a seducer, a, a code of honor to a lost art. This is how I want to be with women. This is how I want to move through the world. And uh, because it has been my, my, my credo, my mantra, uh, my, my code of honor. It is also something that with time I have been growing towards, uh, more and more and that I step in way easily, way more easily. And that I'm, yeah, I, I feel a lot more right now, you know, because I said, okay, I'm, I'm this way, but I want to be this way. This is my code of honor. This is how I want it to be. This is how I want my world to look like. And then you find your own specific ways. You know, they are very, that are very much uh, particular to each each person. Hmm. It's almost like a spiritual path. It sounds like yes, like, like a night's yeah. vow. Um, it is a spiritual path. Hmm. It's interesting. I wasn't expecting to go in this direction, but I've actually been <clears throat> thinking about that in my creative work on how, like, I go through these phases where I'm being very pure and you know in devotion to the quality or the art, and then I'm like, well, this needs to be productive. I need to have a, like a, a schedule of publishing. I need to find a way to monetize and then it always switches into this thing where it's just like the other kind of seduction where I'm just trying to covertly get this thing through the beauty yes. that I was creating. And I'm like, oh, I need to stop doing this cycle because I've been doing this my whole life. So I'm curious, I mean, maybe in seduction or any, anything for you, because when you go into that egoic place, what do you do to switch? Is it simply paying attention or is there something you can do? <laughs> Yeah, it's you're like I am. I embrace it, you know. It's a, it's a, it's the shadow, and I, it's, it's totally part of me. And I, but I, when I see it, I self sabotage it. I call it out, you know. I say it. For example, when I'm with a girl, I say, "Well, look, I'm trying to impress you now. This is me trying." So I call it out on myself, make it a bit harder. Although I've seen that that's that's quite seductive in a way. But I, I, I bring it out. But it's great that you you talk about the creative pro process, you know, because I make music too. I have three albums. And, uh, and I never thought of it as, as I never considered there to make it big, say. I, I, I remember I was always shy singing. And, uh, and after 30 years of, because the teacher put me back in the choir when I was six years old. And, uh, and I, <laughs> I thought for the first time, maybe I'm not a good singer. And so 30 years I was struggling with that, being very shy. And then I said, fuck it, I'm doing it. And I, and I started making songs and recording it also and remember how much how beautiful it was because i was alone with the songs and with my friend making the music with the guitar that i play and all of that together but it was it was only for artistic purposes 
it was just the creation of beauty, the expression of me. And I never considered like, uh, are you going to play it on a radio? Where, uh, how am I going to bring this to people? And, uh, and it's the same kind of thing as with seduction. The, 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 the creation of that beauty of that piece of that music that came out of me. That's the, that's the goal in itself. I remember when I, we recorded the first, uh, takes and I, and I listened to the music on a train back from Berlin to Belgium, where I was at the time. It was just so beautiful. I was just crying the whole way of just being able to like, let that come through me, put it out there, feel, see what part of me is in there, you know, but also like, see how it was a vehicle to allude to something bigger, you know? And it's just, it's, it's the highest good. And it, it's good that you speak about the, what creative process do you do? What do you do? Uh, writing mostly. Right. Poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's to me to, to feel that, that you created something that's finished and that's beautiful. <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing comes close. The, the, the selling of it, say it, the marketing of it is, is, a uh, yeah, it's an, maybe an art in itself, but to me is a, <laughs> a little less, you know, I would, I would say it's not an art. It's, it's actually completely different. Um, so I'm imagining, you know, with this spiritual-ish take on seduction, it probably puts you in these Zen states and maybe out of attachment, which is also very seductive. But I'm trying to think for uh, guys who maybe are in a relationship with someone who, well, let's for, for argument's sake, say they did not witness the beauty or create the beauty in their relationship for a long time. Mm -hmm. And let's say they come to you and say, okay, I, I've been listening to you. I, I believe in this. I, I believe this is right. But how do I do this when... My woman, my wife, my girlfriend is so. I, I messed up for so many years that she's so yes. closed off. What do you say to someone like that? Well, I would. I I, I do specific work with this, and uh, and it's not as hard as we think because the the power, men, women too. But here is what I see as the most transformative power that we have. It is our ability our ability to make a stand. That means the past does not really matter. Uh, what you can do always from now on, from this day forward, is to change the course of your life, the course of your relationship uh, right here, right now. It's what, it's what a man can do also, and he, to be instantly seductive to women. He doesn't need to have skills in my mind. He doesn't really have to have experience either. What he does need, and it's the fastest way, is to make a stand. He says, this is the man I want to be. I stand for being the one who, whatever, comes after that. And it's, it taps into a very powerful feeling of, of honor that is instantly seductive to the others. Now, applied to relationships, you could do the same thing. You can make a stand and you can start, and this is what we do now, you can start by honoring the other in their world. You say uh, to his wife, I, I, I haven't been the most dynamic or seductive as I, I wanted to be. Uh, no, that, that's the stand. You would begin by, by honoring her. And you say, for example, this is exercises we have. Who you are for me is the one who. And then you describe, you describe the, the, the other in their world and you honor them for it. You see uh, the path they walked, you, you walk their shoes and you see the adversity they've, they've, uh, they've faced and that they've overcome and you honor them for it. And then the other does the same. And right there, right. You're in a place of like honor and dignity and it can shift everything, you know? And then after that, you can make a stand of how you want your relationship to be from this day forward. And, uh, and it's a, it's, it's a completely different way of talking, but the power is, is just, is is amazing i i saw miracles uh, happen when you do that i'll give you an example uh Rowan. i uh, i work with zan zan was my mentor zan perion was my mentor the first couple of years we did uh, arzamarata together and um and he's a great man and uh, we traveled for 8 years together to 2016 and then we had a, a fallout where he kicked me out of the Arzamarata, which I, <laughs> I started with him. And I felt so much pain and, uh, and, and closely related to that. I, 
I uh, I had judgments towards him that he was a that he betrayed me, that he was a thief, that he was that he broke his words, all of that, to deal with the pain of say the breakup. And after two years, we had a I did an, a talk with him, an interview also uh, about two months ago, and I decided to honor him to 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 shift that around, and so. Before we did the interview, I honored him for uh, the path that he walked. I honored him for the work that he did. And I honored him also for what he meant for me. And, and it, in those five minutes, it completely shifted not only the way we talk with each other, but also the, the, the way forward for the rest of our lives. And so you can watch it on, on, on my YouTube channel. It's there with Zan. And, uh, and to me, that was such a a big lesson for me to see how my judgments of the other really held me back with a way of dealing with the pain and the power of making a stand the power of honoring the other in their world. And so it's a very, you could say spiritual thing, but it's very practical. You know, I have exercises, I have, I work with people in this and it's, uh, it's, you, you can, it, miracles happen. Miracles happen when you, when you find the power in you to honor the other in their world, despite your own anger, you know, judgments of the other. Yeah, it's real interesting. And, and I might be making this overly spiritual, but like, it sounds like you're choosing the reality of love as opposed to this reality of resentment. And it's like, you're like, even if, even if the past happened, even if you hate me in this moment, I'm choosing this reality where we love each other, where you're a beautiful person, right? Yeah. Honor. I mean, that's what I hear when you keep saying honor. Um, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's almost like a way of bending the social reality or about. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could call it uh, like, we call it honor now, but you could equally call it love. It's exactly true. It's a practice, you know, that's what's beautiful and powerful about it. You know, you could start using it right now. You know? It's not a, just a feeling, say love, but it's a practice. It's despite everything, my own demons, my own judgment, my own fears, you know, I'm going to do this. It's incredible what we can do. You know, we're miracle, uh, we have the possibility of miracles inside of us, each one, just by doing that. I'd imagine you've probably had a lot of experiences that shaped this view, but can you share a little bit how this developed in you? Was it a childhood thing? Was it something when you were working on Ars Amorata? Like the, the, the code and the honoring? And yeah, I, I was always, yeah, I was always very attracted to, say, cowboy movies, you know, uh, which are the, the samurai from, from the West. I was very attracted to Japanese culture, to the samurai, uh, the Bushido. You know, I, I spent time in, in Japan too. In the East, people have worked a lot more with, with, with honor, a lot less desire, which is to me equally important. We haven't talked about that, you know, but I'm an, I'm an animal too. I'm a beast. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the question of, of what's right, what's beautiful is also important. And, uh, but the West had it too, you know. If you look at all the old cowboy movies, they're very much uh, about honor. And, and in the West right now, we have, we lost a lot of that. Very little is based on, on honor anymore. It's a lot more on, on a functionality, you know, very businesslike and, uh, and, and honor has, is, is way less important than it used to be. So I've always had that. I think it's a very natural uh, feeling that we're, because you can see it in everything. You can still see if the if the firemen go into the the twin towers when it's when it's crumbling down, it's because of honor, because they stand for being a fireman, you know, and they know it's not it's to their own detriment and their life is in danger. But we we want to do that, you know. People people want to stand for their people. They want to stand for their families, for their friends, and because it it gives us an incredible feeling and it it has such power that. For example, those men going into the Twin Towers, running towards their own death, you know. And uh, uh, so I think it's very present in each one of you, in each one of us, but we don't really tap into. And so when I talked about seduction, um, because I never really thought I had problems with women, <laughs> little did I know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I brought that into it. And it was always not only what works, but it was also what's right. And it was also what's beautiful. And, uh, and so I started developing that, um, that idea of a code of honor, 
um, a code of conduct. And, and with time, I developed also tools. I'm working now with my friend, my ally, my brother, uh, Michael Skye. And he had, um, two decennia ago, he worked in honor and he did uh, all these practices. And so uh, from him, I also got all these, these tools to not only allude to honor, but really tap into it. Very practical ways, like the, the example I just gave you, they're very practical ways that you can tap into that, that feeling that has been there all the time, but a bit latent. And, uh, and to, to have the tools to develop that, to, uh, yeah, to really tap into the, the power of it. And it's such a particularly masculine quality, honor. Like it's such a testosterone fueled. Like not to say that women don't have honor or experience that, but even like one could even argue that the reason why men feel honor is to do stupid shit, like run into burning buildings. Like if we didn't mm. have that feeling, we wouldn't do that. It's not That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a dark way of looking at. It. Yeah, but um, uh, so what you just mentioned that you didn't think you had problems with women. I'm curious because almost every coach I know was terrible, which is why they invested the time. And like, so what was your path? Oh, I was terrible. I was okay. terrible. <laughs> I just didn't think so. <laughs> gotcha. okay. I had, I've always had a lot of self-love. I never, I never, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit. My, like my parents, thank you to my father. I'm the son of uh, Jacques Comen and my mom, Lucrez Houtry. And they never, uh, they never, I never got the feeling from them. I had to prove myself to them. So in that sense, I was very much loved. And, uh, and it's only recent years when I'm working with men that I see how rare that is, that children don't have to prove themselves to their parents or to the... Because uh, I see a lot of men who had that and then bring that to the relationships. They, they feel they have to prove themselves to women. And so I had a lot of self-love, uh, which brought me a lot of self-confidence also. My skills with women were terrible. Like I didn't know how to deal with a woman because nobody really told me. But when women got close to me, uh, and I attracted beautiful women also, they they never wanted to go. And I always wondered what it was, because uh, it was certainly not my uh, looks or whatever, you know. But it, a woman told me, "It's your verticality. You do what you want for your own reasons," you know, and. Uh, and that developed into the idea of integrity and dignity. And the core of my book is the reason that women wanted to be or continue wanted to continue to be with me was because I I had that integrity. I would not sell my soul for a woman, no matter how good looking or she was. And so I've always had that. Uh, and then with time, I developed uh, I developed more skills also to know how to say talk to know how to walk whatever that is you know and and i saw also in that how how bad i i was with women before but uh yeah i never thought of myself as 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 bad with women yeah it's interesting it's, uh are you familiar with attachment theory no okay it's basically uh people are either secure and insecure and insecurity shows up as anxiousness or avoidance and um Every, I mean, all the theories say that it's imprinted from your childhood if your parents neglected you or whatever. But it sounds like you had a very particularly secure childhood. Yeah. And, uh, which is interesting that like you would even have problems at all or, you know, realize that you weren't that good. And, and I'm wondering with the self-love and self-confidence, at what point did you even bother? Because most guys that I know that are secure and not that good with women, they never even have the, they're like, okay, I could get better, but. Okay. Well, to me, it was, well, it was two things. One, it was, I love women. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, you know, I could, I could develop it. Like, how, how can I know more? Like, I, it, from the first moment, it was an art form. It was not like, how am I going to solve a problem? But how can I get better? It's like something you love, like, say, cycling, and then you try to get better at it. You know, it's, mm. I wasn't trying to solve a problem with it. Uh, so, yeah, I, it was... It was the love of women. I, I'm also a, a competitor in a way. I'm very competitive. And so when I see something I love, I want to get better at it. I want to get, I want to become the best at it, you know? So that kicked in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, and then I met uh, around this time because I was studying this, uh, say, for five years or something. I met Zan also. And then we went on a on a mission to, yeah, we dedicated our time 100% to it. And mm. that's how I kind of rolled into it. Uh, yeah, understanding more and 
and and also uh, teaching it. Hmm. Because before that, Zan didn't really have a company. He was just he's mentioned in the game. I assume he was coaching, but uh, like, how did you guys end up connecting and creating? We, I, I, how was this? Um, I was doing book. I had a writing company back in two thousand six, I think, or two thousand earlier, two thousand three, four, and uh, I did book reviews for uh, the biggest Belgian. Uh, cultural magazine and one of the books I had to review was the game and so I, I met also Neil Strauss talked with him and I'm a I'm a, a doctor in philosophy and so and sociology and so I was very interested in the phenomenon of of, uh, of, of pickup like as a sociological phenomenon and also the the knowledge that was in that space and uh, I started studying it a little bit and then I met online a guy named Johnny Soporno who's very intelligent very generous one-of-a-kind man uh who everyone should meet at least once in their life and uh and he, he we talked on a very academic level back and forth and he i thought he was very smart and i said johnny you help me with so many things i'm going to organize something so i organized an event in belgium for him where he could he could come to belgium stay with me and his a porn star girlfriend for the summer walking naked through my house and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he said can i bring a friend along for that event and i said sure and that was zan and uh we talked and we instantly connected in our in our desire to have a community and uh i believe it was in two months from that moment that we met we were on the road uh he had already the arzamarata uh, name and the idea and then uh, we developed that, and and that's how it came into existence. In two thousand eight, we started that. Was it a big leap to go from book reviews to, to this, or did people, it be casual? People always say that, and I I diminish that jump because to me it doesn't feel very courageous. Uh, but but it is probably because I'm attuned to to what's really important in my in my life, and for that choice, I was I was. I had my whole career planned out because I was also, I was at, I was working at the University of Brussels. I was working with my heroes in philosophy, Bruno Latour and Isabel Stenger. And uh, I was doing a, a PhD and I was on my way to become a professor one day. And yeah, I had a whole academic career. I was very smart <laughs> and, but I left it. I completely left the academic world because I, I, it didn't feel I wasn't seduced. It didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel the uh, uh, adventure, uh, the romance of it, and uh, and this thing that we did with the Arzamarata did have that. You know, um, I was very comfortable in a way, but this was exciting. This was adventurous. This was something new and 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 fantastic. And so I I gave up all my uh, possessions. Uh, my friends had come and take my clothes. I my the place I rented, I gave all my furniture and TV to the girl that's gonna live there, and I we went carry on and yeah, traveled for eight years like that, and uh, yeah, I, I it, it it was a big a complete change of life, but it didn't feel like I really needed to make a decision. It was not not like oh, what do I do? I saw it, I saw the opportunity, and I and completely took it. Yeah, it's interesting that you use the the term. I was I wasn't seduced, or I was I was seduced by this project because that's almost the experience we all want to have. Relating it yes. to the very beginning, like you're yes. doing something for someone. It's making me also again think of my creative work, maybe because this is where I maybe I'm a little stuck with it right now. Where I'm like, all my best work has come mm -hmm. from being seduced by the idea and whatnot. And when I try to make it happen, when I try to force it, it's always it's always okay. But then I also mm. I'm thinking like do I just sit around waiting to be seduced? It's like the the woman who gets dressed up and she's like, well, I hope someone just comes to me. I, there's no control. Um, mm. I'm I'm curious on uh, maybe your spiritual take on living your life. Other things you do to stay to attract these things or be open to them, or or do mm. you just wait for the beauty to capture you? Well, it's like the woman, you know, if she's waiting around at home in her pajamas, it's going to be a lot harder to be seduced than when she puts on her clothes and goes outside. You know, goes to the park or goes to close to things that like it's a it's a my job is is the looking for it to be ready for it to prepare for it and then it shows up or it doesn't you know? but there is a there there is a role you can play in there to get to get closer to it to to 
to uh, make your chances bigger for all of that. Yeah, to be seducible. You know, it's <laughs> but you're right, it is the highest good. Like to me to be seduced, there's nothing higher than that. And so I, I live for that. If I seduce, it's because of that. It's not because I want to be a seducer. That's my job, you know. That's what I that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm that's what I'm meant to do. That's my role as a man. But there's no higher good than to be seduced, you know, and it's something we all crave, we all want, we yearn and long for. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you get a lot of heat uh, from using the word sed uh, seduce? Because I'm, I'm sure most people, a lot of people probably don't interpret the word the way you just yeah. Described. Well, especially in the West, you know, uh, or especially in the Anglo-Saxon uh, world, seduction has a very bad connotation. No, has a bad connotation. And it's very close to manipulation, enticing the other to do things they don't really want. In French, for example, it's completely different. In French, the word la seduction has a is, is has a positive connotation, and they use it in every uh, situation. Like uh, the president is seducing uh, um, the the people, and it's not a bad thing; it's a good thing. And uh, so, yes, I, I'm very aware of the bad connotation. Um, and that's why I use it also, because my 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 work, my calling is to reclaim the beauty of seduction, the pivotal part seduction plays in 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 the quality of our relationships. And so I I use that negative connotation in a way to to also get the attention and then turn it around. Uh, but yes, I, I get that, you know. And then they see the cover of my book, and it's a lot worse. There's a, there's a leopard taking an antelope and biting it in the neck and, and people go, is that seduction? And th But then we have something to talk about because you know? I have no problem. Like I, I instantly say to people this, uh, I know you have a bad connotation, but you think of a tango, think of a, a, a dance between a man and a woman. Would you say that's seductive? Yeah. People usually go, yes. Would you say it's it's manipulative? No, and I said that is the seduction I talk about. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's it's a the 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 negative connotation and the is is a is a good thing for what I'm trying to create. I'm curious about the language culture thing you just mentioned because I assume you're fluent in French and English. Any other mm -hmm. languages? Uh, my native tongue is Dutch. I speak uh, English and my French like my English, and then I speak well German and Spanish. Okay, because I was just uh, watching this video on how to learn languages faster, and the guy was—he speaks like eleven languages. He was saying like, "Oh, it's easy if you switch from different identities. Like, I have a French identity, uh -huh. a German identity, and I'm curious if you seduce differently in different languages." You know, it's 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 strange how how I shift. Like, yeah, there's is is a little is a little difference uh, just in the language. Sometimes you feel it's different. Like when I, I learned Portuguese, uh, I don't speak it well, but it's a complete different language. Uh, French is also very good for, uh, like, say, poetry, and it's it's beautiful language. Like the sonority is very seductive. To me, the the uh, the English language is way more laid out, but it has a very, I would also say, like a kind of rock and roll feeling to it that I like and use. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then there is the then there is the 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 ability to speak a language that will inform the different ways of seducing. Like, I tried Japanese and I speak a little Japanese, but uh, the fact that I speak English so much better allows me to seduce a woman in English with my words, uh, talking a lot more than when I was in Japan. I remember um, when I was there in 2013 and. I was with a woman for three months and she didn't speak English and I, I didn't really speak Japanese. I was just starting it. And it was a complete different way of, of connecting, of being with one another. And I had the blessing of not having the tool of my language. So I had to shut the fuck up, you know, or I, I, I couldn't speak. And it developed a complete different way of, of like being there because I speak well in a way, you know, and, and I speak too much. And there I, I couldn't do it. And it, it opened up a, di a different way of, of connecting with that woman. That was just gorgeous. And people tell me, oh, what if I, I go there? I don't speak the language. 
you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, uh, not at all. Um, it's funny you mentioned this because our new project is this, we, we unlocked, we unlocked different places in the world for, for Western men to, to see that the way people relate and the dating life is not the same as in, in the United States or the West in, in other places in the world. When you go to South America or when you go to Africa, when you go to Asia, people have different ways of, of dating and relating to one another. And, uh, and so we, one of the, one of the reservations that guys have about this is I don't speak the language and one, you don't really have to speak it. And two, we also, with my business partner, we have a, a very particular way of learning languages, which is uh, driven by desire, Portuguese for desire. So it's very much, not so much like, oh, I'm going to learn the vocabulary. I'm going to learn the grammar, uh, gram grammatics, <laughs> grammar. Uh, grammar. <laughs> my English is not so good as I thought, but uh, it's really driven by desire, by desire. Like, what would you like to know? And you talk with a woman and you learn that language, you know, you, you, you say things that are, that really uh, have fire for you, make you feel alive. And that's the way you converse. And you'll be shocked of how quickly you learn a language that way. Hmm. So you're, it's kind of like a dating program, but you also learn the language of the location? Yes. Yeah. Cool. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, a, it's not so much. It's, it's a dating. You, you learn the ways, the mores of, of the place there, which is important. You don't want to be an American going to visit you know, being on vacation and, and go the American way. You want to understand it. And so speaking the language is in a way is a, is a tool to get that, to get to understand that, you know. And so we unlock those places for uh, uh, for those men. So they have a, an alternative, you know, when they're tired of the Western way or when they, when they, when they want to see an alternative, taste it, that's, that's available as well. Hmm. Sounds almost like a life adventure program become an international seducer who speaks languages that's exactly how we presented it uh, well we're announcing it on may 10th so nothing okay. is official yet <laughs> but uh you know i've been traveling for 12 years 10 years 12 years michael been traveling nomad for 10 so we've been together to 70 countries and uh so uh I'm, between the two of us i mean and so we there's a there's a knowledge there of the different ways there's also the connections which is number one you know, we know people now all over the world that if you want to go to Medellin or you want to go to Chiang Mai and you're and you're in our tribe, then we put you in contact with with people on the ground, you know, great men and, and great women. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've only been traveling for not even two years now. And I've I, I don't I still only speak English and learning Thai. But the most interesting thing are the expressions like I, even like European women I've been seeing like a woman recently just said to me something like oh I'm not made of sugar I'm like what are you talking about she's like oh that's a German expression meaning you know I'm, I'm still a strong person it's like that's a beautiful like you don't think of those you don't think that, right. that imagery in English ever um so that's really interesting you were speaking saying about the the not speaking so much with um uh, culture and I think I, I caught a piece of an interview you did with someone about how you teach guys to not verbally express as much and maybe use other terms i, I might have caught that out of context but um is that something you well it's it's very important like i, I say that the language of woman is, is of women it to the extent that understanding women is is important to seduction and it is um it's safe to say that women speak a different language it's a great way of looking at it women speak a different language and guys don't a lot of guys don't speak the language at all. And the language is one that is way more indirect, that is way more high, context, high contextual. It is way more based on subcommunication. Uh, and it's way more based on, on, say, conspiracy. So there's a lot more going on when women speak in terms of uh, innuendos, hidden meaning, but also in the way they uh, use body language. And so in that sense, uh, a guy who, who has some experience, um, it's, it's very good to start to say, wow, I want to speak that language. I want to learn that language. You know, you put your intention in the world. And as soon as you do, you start seeing things of how women communicate differently 
you start seeing it, you go, wow, there's a, a complete different world that, that opens up as with any language. When you start speaking a new language, the whole world opens up. And so when you start speaking the language of women, you see things different. You, you go at a party and you go, oh, okay, this is happening. This girl likes this guy and she's saying this because, of, and, and uh, most men that I know don't, don't see, they're oblivious to it. And, uh, it's right there happening. I see so often a, a woman liking a guy and he doesn't see it. I'm like, she's telling you, not in the male sense, like I, I like you, but she's telling you she likes you. So to start understanding that language, hearing it, speaking it is a, is, is a, a great tool to move in the, in the land of women. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a secret for most men. It's like color to a blind man for a lot of guys. Like even for myself, I was like, how do I understand intuition? Like who's going to teach me yes. that? Although it's such a, ba- it's more basic than our spoken language. To under- our babies well, understand. This. Yeah. Well, you have it. Like Ruan, like I say this to people, like sometimes you feel you're in a space and you feel like someone's watching you, right? And you look over, you look over your shoulder and sure enough, someone's watching you. That's what it is. That's that intuition. You have it. And so we, we, we learn to not trust it over time or we don't really develop it. And women do much more than us. And so it's just tapping back into that. You know? And once you, once you decide, okay, it's there. I know I, I have that and I want to learn that language. You'll start seeing things that are, that are shocking. Um, yeah. And, and then you just, can, it's like with any language, you don't have to be proficient for people to like you. If you can hint upon to women, I speak a little bit of the language and I intend to speak it more. They love you for it. Like you go to Sweden and you speak five words of Swedish. People will, will, will honor you for that. You know, it's the same thing with women. Hmm. And it's interesting, like learning this language, this language of women is sounds very similar to learning to detect beauty or follow beauty or be seduced. Like it's this thing. It's not obvious. It's not on the surface. There's oh, no yes. How to, but if you pay attention, it can kind of become obvious. Or yes. it's like well, women is is funny because women have always been the one. Women are the ones who have developed the art of seduction. Women was uh, seduction used to be a very uh, a, a woman only sense of uh, a way of of power. Like the man's way to power was was brute force and <laughs> and killing and those women didn't have that and the way for them to have power was was through seduction and so the greatest seducers in early times are are all women uh, cleopatra is a great example or, or uh, josephine the the woman that uh, napoleon was crazy for they were all great seducers and it's only in in recent times that also men have have applied or or have looked at it you know and and looked at it as a way to to feel power or to feel powerful and, and use seduction also. Hmm. Do you think this is maybe a philosophical direction, but uh, do you think that this um, had to be introduced to men in recent eras because violence is no longer acceptable? I wouldn't go as far, but I'm also, I wouldn't make, I wouldn't make any claims on it. I haven't, I have not thought about this. <laughs> but, I, don't know, uh, I just thought of this now because like a lot of yeah. people notice like, our culture, at least in the West, is shifting to be a little more feminine. Like a lot of mm. things. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's that recent that men applied uh, or that men are, are looking into like seduction. They're 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 examples from from ages ago as well. You know, when when it was still a very man driven masculine society. So okay, yeah, a random thought. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned a desire earlier as maybe. Sound like you're, you're framing it as like a counterpart or the other end. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say on that? I think relating it to honor or that's nice you say that because because like like with language learning driven by desire by desire you know mm-hmm. uh, what Michael and I share is a, is a is a we look equally into the power of desire as into the power of honor. So desire is the thing that like really drives you forward and you. You, I want, I want, I want this, you know, and it, it, it takes you to the end of the world and it takes you into dark places and it makes you want to conquer a woman, you know, and, and consumer. And, uh, it makes you want to be the best and it makes you ambitious, all of that. And it's beautiful. It's fantastic. It's a great driving force, you know, and then you have the honor also, 
Like, what is the honorable thing? What is the right thing to do in here? You know, and and a way to combine both, to me, is 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 a, is a holy quest. You know, like like I have a book on the code of honor in the land of women, but it is no secret also uh, to the women that I meet that I'm I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a saint at all. You know, I am. I have strong desire and I have my dark side. I have my shadows. I have the things I I'm less proud of, you know, but, but I have that honor. I'm trying really hard. You know, I'm, I'm having that question in my mind. I want to do, uh, what's good for me right now, for her right now. You know, I want to have that beauty as well. So it's that you see in a lot of spiritual, uh, endeavors, that they they suggest at least to be so good and i feel they're never really in touch with their with their desire or with their shadow you know with their with their cock you know what is your cock telling you <laughs> and uh it's that kind of combination of of desire and honor that really uh, spurs me on and what i believe is also the thing that we can offer to the world because it's it seems to be either or uh yeah these days. Yeah. A lot of the cultural discussion around masculinity is shoving desire away because it's assumed that there's no honor. If you look at like me too, for as an extreme example, um, yeah. whereas like, if you have both, it's beautiful. You don't have to castrate all the boys. I would <laughs> say, I would say it's only, it's only because of when you're in touch with desire, but also in touch with your shadow and that, that honor becomes possible, you know, cause then you get to choose, then you have to choose uh, which way you're going to go, you know, it's like, we're taught, we're taught to be good boys. We're our whole life. We're taught to be good boys, behave well, you know, and, and we don't teach, or we are not in the business of goodness. We're in the business of greatness, you know, in the business of greatness. And that's a different thing. It's uh it's what you dream of when you're a boy, you know, you want to be, you want to be a hero. You want to, you want to be a fireman. You want to, you want to go off in the distance uh, on a boat. You want to, you know, you want to, you want to save and conquer the world at the same time. And it's that that we're we're tapping into with our work right now. And it's it's very much uh, based on the not the balancing act, but also the going back and forth, the juxtaposition between desire and honor. Awesome, awesome man. Yeah, I'm glad we connected. Uh, you know, this, yes. this has been great. We're going to be in Austin for a while. Um, uh, we're here uh, one more month and then we go to, no, sorry, one more week. And then we go to, uh, Utah via Vegas. And then in June, we're going to, uh, Colombia, Medellin for a month at least. And the summer will be Europe, Eastern Europe mainly. And then, uh, Asia and Australia for autumn and the end of the year. Have you basically just been living on the road for the last... Uh, I guess it's been eight years plus. Yeah. 12, 12 years now. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um, do you want to share a little bit about the things you're working on? Well, we're going to make an announcement on the tent. I, I said already a little bit, maybe Michael said, ah, you shouldn't talk. I don't know, but that's, that's in the works. We'll make an announcement on the 10th of May, which is in 10 days, nine days, but it is very much this, you know, to a way to, for, say successful men, men that are successful in life, but unfulfilled in love. They, they, they have some experiences. It's, it's very much for Western men. They have some experiences. They know how to make money. They know how to have friends. They've, they've made it in a way in life. Like I did at university, I, I was successful, but they're unfulfilled in love. There's something else calling. They feel they're not adventurous enough. They haven't they haven't had romance enough. They something is lacking, and they don't know what it is. And so, we're tapping into that to say, it's is is normal. You you feel this way because the the Western way in many ways is fucked up, you know. And uh, but it doesn't have to be this way. There are different ways of relating to one another. We're giving them a taste of something. Look what's possible here. What's possible here, so guys can see. Oh wow! It it's it. It's not just the way I thought uh, what that was taught to me. There are different ways possible. And with that, with experience also comes a different way of, of looking at the relationship, say, back home, 
when you feel, for example, the abundance, uh, when say go to Africa and you feel the abundance, it, it changes you forever. And you look at the way you relate to the women, say in the States, completely different. You have, uh, you, you come in from a different angle and you can lead that relationship into glory. You can, you have a strength that you didn't have before. And so that's what we want to show, give guys a taste of and be a part of, because we're creating a community, a membership around that. And, uh, yeah. And the first rendition is going to be for, uh, for the, for those who go first, you know, for guys who were explorers and adventurers and, uh, and want to explore this with us, you know, so awesome. that's the work we're doing. Uh, if Michael's watching, I'm sorry if I said too much, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, we'll announce it on May 10th. Cool. Cool. And people can work with you one-on-one -on -one as well. Yes. Uh, that's why I, I don't, I'm, I'm not promoting right now any other work, but, uh, if people have, like, if you, if you're watching this interview and you have a question about what I said, or you have a very particular question in your life, in your, in, in the way to say approach women or the dating or, or your relationships, you know, how to keep the passion, any of that. If you have a burning question right now, I do these one-off calls that usually uh, shift people around and, uh, they're usually $97 for your listeners, viewers. I'll give it at half price, but they have to find me. That means get in contact me via Facebook, Instagram, uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, and all you have to type in is my name, Hans Komen, and you will find me via Gmail or, or any other uh, ways of contacting me. Awesome. Oh, and you mentioned this interview. Say Ruan. I heard you on Ruan, and then I'll give you the discount. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll have that info in the show notes. Um, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate this. I am, I'm leaving with some things to think about, about my work and about uh, spirituality actually, which I wasn't expecting from this conversation. Great. Thank you, Ruan. Thank you very much for the opportunity. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe.